0: So we're taking up Romans chapter eight, we're reading from verse eighteen to verse thirty. Romans chapter eight, verse eighteen, verse thirty. In fact, we read from verse seventeen. Keep it in context. And if children, then heirs heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our love. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? If we hope for that we see not, When we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he made intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified.. Mm-hmm. Which is just as well. Our Father we do give thanks for this written word and these beautiful words of scripture that we have just read, of our glorious world and also of our need in this world in which we live. Mm-hmm. We pray that those bless us with these words as we contemplate the glorious things that are ahead of us and we give thanks it has all been made possible by the death of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. We give thanks for him So, we have a a nice clear guidance in this scripture of what we're talking about. We're talking about the reality of the glory of things to come. The glory which shall be revealed in us. So, that's the first thing we're going to think about. Yes, the glory that is to come is going to be revealed Mm -hmm. in us. And how can we measure it? That's the thing. You know, if you try measuring measure it, it's incomprehensible, isn't it, to measure that. The glory has to come. But we are going to see the full reality of that glory that shall be revealed mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lord certainly the same time to for that. We're also going to look at the word groaning. And in the midst of this glory that is ahead of us, here, there's groaning. In this world, there is suffering, there is need, there is death. It is cursed world. It's suffering the effects of the fall of Adam. It's suffering from sin coming into the world. And we can't fix it, can we? The Lord Jesus Christ is with you. But there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Where everything will be for his glory. If we can look it. So there's a groaning creation. All creation grows. There's groaning believers. It says we grow. And we'll talk about that a little bit. We actually grow. And we have the Holy Spirit which is within us. He also groans. And the groaning of the Holy Spirit within us is interpreted by the mind of God because the Godhead is one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They are one in mind. And the Holy Spirit's helping our infirmities down here and he groans with what we can't express, what we can't express our feelings while the sufferings we might go through he's helping us and making groanings for us i reminded of John chapter 11 our Lord Jesus Christ at the grave of Lazarus and what does the scripture say he groaned within himself he felt very deeply The death of Lazarus. The effect that death had upon Mary and Martha. He felt that. Even though he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He still groaned. Coming to the graveside, he says he groaned again. And then we have these lovely words. One sentence. One sentence which is abused in this world of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus wept. Now was not that We've been thinking about the first and the last. The one who is preeminent in all things. The one who came from glory. Eternal God. He weeps. And we'll think about that a little bit later as well. Because he walked amongst his creation. He walked amongst. So we have lots of growing going on. And then we have this lovely verse which everybody knows, don't we? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. It doesn't say that all things are good. Some things that unto us are not good. But the Lord works them for our good. And there's another one which is great and I won't be taking this because it's someone else's responsibility. God is for us. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All we do with God bless First of all, we read in this verse, we are, we are heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Andrew brought out this word very nicely expressed last week. Uh, but it's very important to remind ourselves again of it, isn't it? We can suffer for him and we can suffer with mm-hmm. him. Now, some people take this verse and you might say it to yourself and I've said it to myself as well. I've read this verse and said, well, I've never suffered persecution for the Lord Jesus Christ. I've not been put in prison. I haven't had taken away from me. No one's trying to kill me. So you can argue, well, I'm not suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that mean I'm not going to share in the one for glory? Because it doesn't mean that, does it? We can also suffer with And I think that's linked to the groaning as well. As we groan, He groaned in creation and the things He suffered. Paul says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us Mm -hmm. the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared and what he's saying this life is very short we all know that don't we those of us who are in the death zone now we (laughs) know how short life is (laughs) yes it's getting shorter Uh, and this life in comparison is extremely brief compared with eternity And this is why we should be living in this life, Mm -hmm. which is so brief, in contrast to eternity. I'm just going to give you something from the Amplified Bible, which Paul also says. Because Paul was a man, remember, the Lord Jesus Christ said to them, I will show thee how much thou must suffer Mm -hmm. for my sake. And, you know, he's a clear example of Paul, how much he suffered for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he calls it. In the. it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, I'm reading from the Amplified. Therefore we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. And he says, for our light momentary affliction. <laughs> Anyone who's suffering might look at that and think, what? Light momentary affliction. You're not going through what I'm going through. But in context of eternity, it's a light momentary affliction. This slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Everlasting weight of glory. Beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons, all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Amen to that. We can all say amen to that, can't we? The Amplifier puts it in the way the ampl- you know, we couldn't explain it as better as the Amplifier, could we? The glory that is coming to us. Since we consider And look not to the things that are seen, but to the things which are unseen. That is our faith, isn't it? We're looking at the things which are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal. And well, we know that. They are brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. And also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is related again to this groaning, as creation groans, we groan. Paul says this, for we know that if this tent, this body that we're living in, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, dissolved, down, in other words, we have from God a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Here indeed, in this present abode body, we sigh and groan inwardly because we yearn to be clothed over. We yearn to be put on our celestial body like a garment, to be fitted out for our heavenly dwelling, so that by putting you on we may not be found naked without a body. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under the burden and sigh deeply, weighed down, depressed, oppressed. Not that we want to put off the body, the clothing of the spirit, but rather we should be further clothed so that what is mortal. Our dying body may be swallowed up of life after resurrection. So, what he's saying is waiting for the adoption and redemption of the body. when we shall be in Christ's likeness in the glory to come. Absolutely wouldn't believe that. This is just a tent. We leave this tent behind, are not we? Now, present all those who have died in Christ. They are blessed, Paul said, absent from the body, present with the Lord, which is far better that we said than we. We'd rather be with the Lord in glory, far better than what is here. We're all waiting. They've not got their resurrected body yet. They're waiting like we are waiting for the coming of the Lord and the resurrected body. So this glory that is ahead of us, so amazing and so beautiful. Uh, and it should be spurring us on, shouldn't it? Even in the darkest days and the darkest hours we have down here. It should be spurring us on to look up uh, and wait for the Lord to come. And it says that the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity. This world is subject to vanity and emptiness. Imagine if you please ask vanity and vanities, all is vanity, futile, vain, without God, with this, yes, with God, not so for us. Because the creature itself was delivered from the bondage of corruption, it will be delivered from the body of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. So creation is suffering as well. And I'm sure we've all seen those nature programs where creation is suffering. It's quite harsh isn't it when you see them? I have a vivid description in my mind of an elephant that was being taken down by a pride of lions, there was lots of lions all around it, at its legs, everywhere, and they were pulling it down eventually. Painful to watch, you know, the savagery uh, in the animal creation. Absolutely sad. But when we come to the millennial kingdom, in Isaiah, in the millennial kingdom, the animal creation is going to come into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And Isaiah 11 describes a little bit of it. I just want to read that. It says, The wolf shall lie down with the lamb. Presently, the wolf would not lie down with the lamb. The wolf would eat it. (laughs) Yes? Sorry. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. It's wonderful, isn't it? And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hall of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt, nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's what these verses mean. They come into the glorious liberty of the children of God, a growing nation. Now, Paul says, and not only they, but ourselves also, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, the earnest of the Spirit. Yes, yeah? he says that we have the joyful indication of the blessings to come. So the Holy Spirit has given us that verse. And he says, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. We're waiting now. But we go on. And we have lots of problems. Don't we? In the almond says, Spending 46 years there, as I always keep saying, it was a life of doom, death, and destruction. And you had to see some awful things, and things which still remain as an image. Mm-hmm. In mind. Mm-hmm. You know, but you saw suffering on a very large scale. Infants die, children die, young people die, old people, old and decrepit die on their own, lonely, and dying. You saw all this week after week, week after week. And you often got the question in health service as a Christian and says, how can you believe in God when you're seeing all this? How can you possibly believe there is a God? And invariably the, and the, and the question comes and why does he let this happen? Now, I used to say, no, no, this strengthens faith. It actually strengthens Mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. Because we know what has caused it. Sin has come into the world. That's what's caused it. We know what's caused it. And then you can go on to the blessedness of the Lord Jesus Christ coming down into this suffering creation and actually walking here in this suffering creation. Mm -hmm. There's a verse in in Jeremiah where Jeremiah and all the things he was seeing, he says, what I'm seeing with my eyes, he says, affecting my heart. Mm -hmm. Now that's a small measure for Jeremiah. Expand that with our Lord Jesus Christ who was a perfect measure. He measured it in perfectness. His sensibility, his sympathy. When he came to this world, he looked upon the sick, upon the dying, what his eyes saw touched his heart deeply. Mm-hmm. And he saw all in that, yes? He took all their burdens on himself. And for many he relieved their burdens. But he's looking upon all his creation. He knows that sin has caused all the destruction and the damage. And in His love, He's going to carry His cross for our redemption. by the price of our sin, the same price. And He groaned, as we just said, groaned at a suffering creation and a suffering people, such as His sympathy. We only groan in a measure. Don't we? Again coming back to the Almond Service, you do the say we get hardened in our hearts, because we've got a job to do, we've just got to go and then grow with it. The say we get hardened in our hearts. Uh, so we only feel it in a measure. The Lord felt it all in full measure. Carried our peace, carried our soul. That was not redemption, redemption. To think of it, um, we are saved by hope. Yeah, don't lose our hope. Yeah, we don't, do we? Despite what we're seeing today, don't lose that hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Because if we see it, then we've got the full reality of it, haven't we? So we don't need to hope anymore. <laughs> one, hope will disappear one day. It's gone. Because we will see with reality his glory that is said. Faith will be gone when we will glory. Don't need faith anymore. But love remains. We will still have the love. For what a man seeth, yet hope for. But if we hope that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Be patient in this life, waiting for the Lord to come. And it could be any day, wouldn't it? But somehow I think we, we lose what the Thessalonians had when you read the Thessalonians epistles. They were out and out for this coming of the Lord, yes? They were sure he was coming. They, they were set on his coming. Have we lost that little bit because it's gone 2,000 years and, we're still going and it's still coming and it still hasn't come? Have we lost that passion? Yes, he is coming. He has promised to come and he will come. Maybe today he may come. We should remind ourselves every day he's coming. And then this verse 26 is so amazing, isn't it? The gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. How mm. yes. can imagine that? <laughs> but he is he's in dwelling in us and he's helping our infirmities, our weakness, whatever that weakness might be. He is helping us in our infirmities and yes We've all experienced, haven't we, what do I pray for? How do I put this into words? And yes, we often just groan or shed a tear. Fall in tear is prayer in the eyes of the Lord. A groan is prayer in the eyes of the Lord. But here, the Spirit is making intercession for us. The Lord Jesus Christ makes intercession for us in the glory. The Spirit is making intercession for us here. With groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts, that's God, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because they're all one, because he makes intercession for the saints according to God. How blessed we are to have the Spirit's help, yes? infirmities than And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Our Father is working all things out for our good. The most trying circumstances. And come back to James. You remember James, when we went the James, let the trial have its perfect work. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Lord puts us through trials and times because He's doing the work in us and He's working it all out for our good. And I do believe um, I know Sheila's online and she agrees with me on this. <laughs> the Lord's winning us from this earth, do you know. He brings him to if Every day was happy and everything good. Uh, we've had sorrow and difficulty. He's weaning us. He's telling us this is not your home. Your home is in glory. Not here. But we can still give thanks that he's with us here and for all the things that he's given us here in your home, family, job. All these things, we can give thanks for all these things. Because the Lord's in them as well. And whom he did foreknow, beforehand, yes? This is when you, you come into, you get saved, and when you get saved, you come into the, the meetings, and you realise that, when we are in the meetings, that you were loved before the foundation of the world. And that takes some grasping, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Here I am, I'm am saved now. The Lord has actually foreknown me, and before the foundation of the world measure that? Yes. (laughs) Wonderful to measure that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And his predestinators, He's destined me and you to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's our destiny. That's the redemption of the body, yes? we are going to be like? Remember Philippians 3, won't we? Where it says this vile body, which seems quite harsh, the vile body, but it means this body of humiliation. This body in which we are suffering in which it is likely to be corrupted, it is corrupted. This body of humiliation will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. No more pain, no more sorrow. More glorious. And he is the firstborn among many brethren. I just said the same this morning. He is the first. He is the last. He is the chief. He is the preeminent one. And he's the first born among many brethren. When we get to glory, he's still the chief. He is the preeminent one. He's our Lord. See. And what shall we say to these things? God before us? Yes. Who can be against us? Yes. Um, there's a little hymn, which is lovely to let us not sing, just, I'm just going to read it to you. But it brings this chapter into its context. It's 447 in the Little Flock. I want to open, read it. 447. And I think it expresses Romans 8, very lovely. Light of the lonely pilgrim's heart, Star of the coming day, arise and with thy morning beams chase all our griefs away. Come, blessed Lord, bid every shore and answering island sing the praises of thy royal name and only as their king. Bid the whole earth, responsive now to the bright world above, break forth in rapturous strains of joy in memory. Of thy love. In these verse 4, the creation. Lord, Lord, thy fair creation groans, the air, the earth, the sea, in unison with our hearts and calls aloud for thee. Come then, with all thy quickening power, with one awakening smile, and bid the serpents try no more, thy beauteous realm defile. Thine was the cross with all its fruits of grace and peace divine, be thine the crown of glory now, the crown of victory. Oh, absolutely beautiful description of what we just read. in chapter sentiment's Our oh, Father, we sometimes feel we little realise how much we are blessed. how much we are loved.